Your brothers and sisters, we are being told time after time that an economic powerhouse is being developed in the state of Antigua and Barbuda. But in truth and fact, brothers and sisters, what is happening is that we're living in a political poorhouse. But brothers and sisters, while we continue to live in a political poorhouse, $15 million have been thrown away on the grounds in Barbuda and what is called an international airport. $15 plus million. Monies that could have been used to further the lives of Barbudans. Monies that could have been used to assist with Fries Hill Road. But they waste their times, brothers and sisters. They waste our monies without consulting the people of Antigua and Barbuda on anything that impacts our lives. And we cannot go down that road anymore. Hence, the faithful nationals. Brothers and sisters, I had the opportunity to be in Antigua on Sunday to take part in that awesome whistle stop. I felt so proud as a Barbudan to rub shoulders with my Antiguan brothers and sisters as a faithful national. It is important, brothers and sisters, that we understand as we go along that if it takes, as I said at the first rally right here, 300 of us, that 300 will make a difference. That 300 must stand tall. That 300 must be remembered for bringing a tyrannic, corrupt government to its knees. Brothers and sisters, the night, we've lost a good part of the night. But I assure you, that the people who are coming to address you tonight, they're passionate about Antigua and Barbuda. They are interested in leading the people of Antigua and Barbuda out of the corrupt, out of the, 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 the hole that this Antigua Labour Party have dug for the people of Antigua and Barbuda. So brothers and sisters, I'm going to bring my first speaker to the podium. Put your hands together and welcome Sister Sean Nicholas to the podium. Good night, my dear friends. Good night, Antigua and Barbuda. Good night to the faithful nationals. For those of you who were born here, those of you who came here, whether by boat, whether by plane, all of us, a pleasant good evening to one and all. My message tonight, short though it may be, is to say that Antigua, need, Antigua and Barbuda needs us now more than ever. Now more than ever, my dear good brothers and sisters, friends all. We do not want history to record that when the fight was on for Antigua and Barbuda, we were found wanting. And I want to pitch a call tonight 
for those who are still on the sidelines watching us, the faithful nationals, to tell them it's time to join the fight. This is not about UPP. This is not about BPM. This is not about the movement. This is not about any individual. It is about Antigua and Barbuda. And faithful nationals, I think you should give yourselves a round of applause because we have taken up the mantle and we have said to this government that we are ready to take back Antigua and Barbuda and to save it for those who are coming after us. Our children should look back and say, when the battle was being fought, our parents, our grandparents, our aunts, our uncles, our villages, everyone was in the fight. Do not be left off guard. My dear good brothers and sisters and friends all, when we look at what the Gaston Brown administration has done to Antigua and Barbuda, I hear them talking about celebrating five years. But let us not forget five years is a very long time in politics. And we tend to forget the Gaston Brown administration has a strategy. They hit us with one scandal. And before we start thinking about it and how to handle that, another one comes and another one comes. You know what it is we need to remind ourselves for these five years of Gaston Brown and his gang of people? Who can forget the flipping of lands at Long Bay? Who can forget the Odebrecht scandal? Who can forget? The swapping of land of Equip Woman, according to my good friend. The swapping of lands of Cove Bay. Who can forget that? The other day, the Deluxe bailout. E-book scandal that we're still talking about. And even before we start talking about E-good, good, global ports come up. How can we forget the silent plan to introduce a gun factory in Antigua and Barbuda? How can we forget the other day, the mess up with the prisoners release? And we could go on and on and on and on. Can we take any more of these scandals, my good people? Can we take any more? Which is why we need to keep the fight, keep the pressure on on this government that as faithful nationals, our only goal is to make sure that Antigua and Barbuda is redeemed. My message, my dear good brothers and sisters, friends all, let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us not be weary because Antigua and Barbuda needs us now more than ever. The battle might be long, but in the end, the victory will be sweet. May God bless us all and let us keep the fight. Good night. Put your hands together for Sister Sean Nicholas. So brothers and sisters, let me tell you what's going to happen. If they ever, and they're going to have to, abandon that second strip of land in Barbuda that they have deforested, that strip of land that they have destroyed, somebody backside they're going to pay for not listening. Somebody must pay for not listening to the people of Antigua and Barbuda. And if it takes Devon Warner partnering with the faithful nationals, we're taking them to court. And I'm going to call my next speaker to the podium, Brother Tahambe Smith. Come, brother, talk to your people. Good night, good night, good night. Thanks for having me here tonight. And 
I'm not here as representing nobody for tonight. This is me, Tammy Smith, as an Antiguan and a Barbudan. I'm telling you, the degradation that we're seeing happening at Yida, which by now should have pumped $1 billion into our economy, is far from even coming close to that. The pictures that have been circulating recently have shown you that it's just degradation it is nothing about. The detractors are saying that if environmentalists were around in the time of Deepwater Harbor, we would not have a port for today. Which I tell them, that's nonsense because there are times when you just cannot make an argument for the development of this country. But what Yida has been given and is allowed to be doing now, if anybody in Antigua was doing that, you don't get lock up long time, you don't get drawn before the court, and you don't have to pay everything back as it was, as an Antiguan. As an Antiguan. But we allow, I call Caricom Nationals foreigners. We call people from way down, some way over, some all over, that you ask them, what you know about Antigua? And they tell you, well, I see on the map, I just decide to come. And you read books and hear that they say, when you want to change ways and get around things, you come to Antigua because the politicians are easily bought and paid for. When are we going to stop allowing these people to do us as they will? Let us take a stand like the brothers in Barbuda, where they say, you know what, enough is enough, and this is the way to go, even though we'll be sidelined, marginalized, and even victimized. Antiguans, we have to take a stand, and we have to take a stand now. We can no longer allow Gaston Brown and the hooligans for continuing to do what they do. I am a civil servant. I could not care less when I want to see tomorrow. I tell me, me an Antiguan by birth. So, I'm in a business about no, hey, come out to my place, or we go court. I'm in the then someday. Enough is enough. And I send nobody else, they're my place out to me for telling me, come over here because you're dead poor. You're not going to get this. I we prefer to die a poor person and sleep good at night than have millions of dollars and can't rest comfortably. I'm in the business about no money. Life greater than that. And as one said to me this morning, Jesus Christ could come back and everything is going to mash up. So what are you worried about? When is Jesus Christ coming? When? I be 40, God spared my life in October, and I've seen no kind of progress under ALP, ABLP, Gaston Brown, none of them. They can argue and tell you, oh, do this. Imagine the girl for say five years, you go bring out and say your achievements when you have five years of failures. Dismal failure for Antiguan and Barbudans. Some of us had high hope thinking, well, maybe coming from a poor background, knowing the suffering that you went through, you just see the light. But you saw the light, cash. And that is all it is. I mean, the business where nobody has to say, man, Antiguan, and I can talk as I like. I not defame nobody, I not be lying nobody, I not cuss nobody. But at the end of the day, enough is enough. Good night, people. Yeah, man. Yeah, boy, put your hands together for the faithful nationals, man. I tell you. But let me ask you a question. And I want to hear you. I want your answer to echo through the walls of the halls of St. John's. Do you feel like you're living in an economic powerhouse? Do you feel like you're living in a country that is not being burdened by taxes? Do you feel like you're living in a country that's not corrupt? 
No, 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 man. Come on. Do you feel like you're living in a country with a government that is not corrupt? You better hear it, man. Listen. It is your voice. It is the voice of the people that will make a difference. And the more, the louder you can sing, the more you can echo your voices through the streets of Antigua and Barbuda. Sometime, somewhere, someday, they must listen. And brothers and sisters, based on that, we must continue to echo the good message. The good message from this very place or from any street corner or any place in the state of Antigua and Barbuda where as a Barbudan you're called to duty and the duty brothers and sisters is to ensure that our country stands tall any place in the world when you go and you flash the Antigua and Barbuda passport you should be proud to say, I am Antiguan, I am Barbudan, and for us here, I am a faithful national. I am a faithful man. National. Yes, man, that's I am a faithful national. Yes, man, that's... I am a faithful national. Yes, man, that's... I am a faithful national. I am a faithful national. Yes, man, that's... There was no observer print, and there was no observer in the airwaves. Everything was silent. I want all of us to think back on that. You remember that morning? For me, it was a horrendous experience. Over the past few weeks, the Constitution Committee has been talking about fundamental rights. And one of those fundamental rights is the freedom of expression the freedom of the press, freedom of speech. Those are fundamental rights. And I recognize that Observer Radio 
somehow managed to provide Antigua with that neutrality that does not really re reside in most of the other radio stations that are here, and we have a lot of them. And then I wondered, what is going to become of Antigua if we have no voice? What is going to become of this nation if you are not allowed to speak from your heart? I really pondered about it. Morning after morning, for I think it was about two weeks, there was no news. We were all waiting to hear what had happened to the island girls, and everybody was getting all heated up about that. And then the silence broke. Observer Radio came back on the air in a kind of a way. Can you remember that? Yes. And everybody was asking, what about this program? I tell you, my best program is the steel band program with Sam Roberts, you know, and it's still not on up to now. But the thing about it, everybody recognized that something had gone out of their lives. Fellow Antiguans and Barbudans, I tell you, when you lose your freedom of expression, when you lose your freedom of speech, everything else can go wrong. And so I took it upon myself, not accustomed again to call a radio station, observer that, to say that I want a platform to tell all Antiguans that it is important that we not lose our ability to speak our minds on radio, on the streets, in any hall, anywhere at all. And then I heard that two young men decided that they were going to take on the business of running Observer Radio. Have you thought about that? Yeah. Let me tell all you something. I have discovered that as Antiguans, we feel we have a right to everything. And so we had a right to have Observer run the way we wanted to run. You never hear anybody calling and saying, hey, and what happened to this program? I want to make this program a run so. Don't you remember those mornings? And poor Serpent and Dave. I don't know where they got the gumption to go do what they did, but they did. And so tonight I am standing here and I'm saying to you, whatever it is that brought you here tonight, you need to have free speech, freedom of expression, and you owe it to those two young men and whoever else is helping them. You owe it to them to ensure that Observer Radio stays on the air. I'm going to tell you something else. I really don't have any relationship with these two young men. You know, if I see Serpent coming across there, I would know who he is. All I know is a voice. But I, honestly, but all I can tell you is that I have grown to respect what that young man has done for this nation. And I think each one of you needs to look inside you. You're here tonight because you're interested in what happens to this nation. There are so many things that need to be resolved. And unless you put your mind to it, 
and make the sacrifice, you're not going to hear when Antigua is slipping down a hill because there'll be no radio station. So you know what my job is tonight? And I hope I'm good at it. My job is to tell you that I am going to organize with one or two other people. And I'm going to set up a Goodwill Observer Day. 15th of May, that's the number I've taken out of the year. 15th of May. Every Antiguan who feels that he has a responsibility to ensure that you protect freedom of expression, freedom of the press, freedom of speech, every one of you will be required on that day to make a contribution to Observer Radio. You notice how long I'm giving you? From now until the 15th of May. By then, I would have made all kind of legal things to make sure that only observer gets what you have invested. And so that is really my message tonight. In the meantime, I want to say to all of you, be proud Antigans and Barbudans. Never be afraid to speak your minds. But do it with dignity, you know, because the, the, old head, the old head teacher and me will be upset if you're not. Do it with dignity. Never be afraid if you see something wrong to say that it is wrong. I believe that we are a proud people. And I believe that when I look back at my father's age and my grandmother and I saw how they worked for this nation, we cannot afford, we honestly cannot afford for the nation to just simply disappear right before our eyes. My elder son is 42 years of age. When he was seven years of age, there was, um, it was a Labor Day. And there was a speaker coming over the radio at the time. I won't say who the speaker was, but he said, soon there is going to be an hotel at Devil's Bridge. My child said to me, we were coming down Fry's Hill. You know Fry's Hill over there at the bottom of the road that not finished yet? Well, he said to me, mommy, Friars Hill and all, I'm sorry, Devil's Bridge and all. I said, what do you mean? He said, but soon we're going to be just inside. We're not going to have no beach. We're not going to have nothing for ourselves. Well, I have to tell all of you, we have 365 beaches. And I have always wondered, every time I hear a new development, it doesn't matter which one of the governments it was, but every time I hear a new development, I hear them take away Robinson's Point, what do you call it now? Calcium. Heats Bay, what do you call it now? Jolly Beach. Perns Beach, what do you call it now? Hermitage. And I can go on and on. The, those beaches that were prepared for us as children growing up, we can't find space on those beaches anymore. So I want to, to, to make the clarion call to those who are involved in development. Go look for some more beaches. Cut some more roads, but take less time. And open those for development. And leave us with our heritage beaches. Because you know what? 
our children are having less and less fun on beaches because they're not available to them anymore. And so I just want to leave you with that. Remember, 15th of May, observe a goodwill day. And every Antiguan who is interested in the freedom of speech, freedom of the press, and the ability to speak your minds no matter what, I'm going to expect you to contribute to it. Thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of your evening. She still have it, boy. You see how she control the crowd? When she walk into that auditorium, Holy Trinity School, you're going to hear a pin drop. And I'm so happy that you guys gave her that audience tonight. Put your hands together for Dame Yuslin Lewis, man. Ariel, we're talking about beaches and the space, space on the beaches. You remember what happened up in Long Bay? Faithful nationals, do you remember that a piece of land up there was being preserved for the people of Antigua and Barbuda and what happened to it? Faithful national, those are the things that as a people we must stand up and stand out against. My brothers and sisters, not to hold you back, but I want to feel the energy coming from this crowd tonight because that energy will resonate through the streets of St. John's and beyond. And we must let our voices echo at the four corners of Antigua and Barbuda. And to continue echoing our voices, I'm going to bring Brother Verbert III to the podium to address the faithful nationals. Nationals, oh, so, what a lovely crowd we have here tonight. And I'm here tonight because on the last rally, it was the global port concern. But now it's the global port crisis. A man-made crisis by Gaston Brown because he opened up his mouth and telling people how they're extorting us how they're manipulating us. And although it is true, you are the Prime Minister and you are responsible for this industry. And you have put the industry into a crisis. So now you know where to go. I think they're supposed to meet tomorrow. I don't know if it's in Antigua, it's Miami. So they have to go on and do the grovel, grovel, beg, beg. Oh, my begs, my sorry, my sorry, Jack, my sorry, Dad. I would ask the Prime Minister if he's man enough to repeat the same statements that got us into that crisis. You know the problem with him is that he doesn't know when to keep his mouth shut. And that is the problem with a prime minister that feels that he can bully rack every and every individual in Antigua and Barbuda. You need to learn to shut your mouth and to listen to the people of Antigua and Barbuda, your employers. And if you do not listen to your employer, we are going to fire you. When you invite the devil into paradise, you have to pay a price. 
That is what global port holding is. Because we are an independent nation running our own internal affairs since February of 1967. The last time we were not in charge of our main industrial product, our tourism, was back then. 52, 53 years later, we are giving away our main industry to be managed by others. The last time that happened, it was factory, sugar factory. So how are we going to talk about we are progressing to be at what? Entrepreneurial socialism and all of a sudden now we, we, Antigua is a better country than it was then. But now somebody is managing your main industry. You see what happened to the Prime Minister? I don't think he listens to good advice. And why I say this is because all of this stuff that is happening with global ports holding has happened before. And the reasons why they are telling you now that, oh, government don't have no money to fix up the port and dredge the harbor and do the upgrade and renovations. They say, oh, we don't know how to manage our tourism product. In the United States of America in the 1990s, there was a man by the name of Bill Clinton, President Clinton. And he went down the same path that you see this government is going with Global Port. You know what America did? They outsourced their industry, the work to China and India. They said that they could make more money, more profit, if they had a cheaper workforce that will produce the products that they wanted. A generation later, 25 to 30 years later, do you know who is the greatest economic rival to the United States of America? China, the same people that they went and outsourced their industries to. So why are we outsourcing our, the management of our industry? It is shown to you that that led to problems in America. And you know what happened? Bill Clinton, because of that policy, is the one that gave birth to Donald Trump. Because the same areas where the Democrats sent those jobs overseas, the Rust Belt, the Northeast of America, we're talking about Pennsylvania, we're talking about Iowa, we're talking about Detroit, the Rust Belt. These are the areas, although Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, she got more votes overall. The people in the Rust Belt said, you outsourced our work. Jobs which traditionally father, son, grandson, nephew, niece worked in those industries. They sold out their people. And what I am telling you, what happened in America, which has all the money in the world, and they're telling us, oh, we don't have money, so we can't do it, and we can't manage our own affairs. It happened where they had all the money in the world. They did the same foolishness by outsourcing their industry. And what is going to happen in America? It is going to happen here. When you invite the devil into paradise, you must pay a price. And that price is too much for you and me. And we need to stand up faith for nationals against this foolishness. 
Look at the eight years of the reign of Bill Clinton in the United States. And although at that point in time, like you hear them saying in Antigua now, the intellectuals, you're having all the technicians who come forward on behalf of the government to tell us what a great policy it is to outsource the management of your ports. It was the same thing they said in the 1990s in the United States. They thought that because it was cheaper to do by letting the Chinese do the bulk of the work and they're getting the bulk of the profit, that it made sense. But when you give up your industries, the Chinese are the ones who gain the experience in these industries. They not only gave up the work, but they gave up the know-how, the ability to produce. And that is what is happening here in Antigua and Barbuda. This has not happened in 52 years where we are not managing our own chief economic product. And if you are not managing it and your children are not managing it for another generation, then just like the Americans have the problem, they are getting the experience. And your children and my children are not getting the experience they need to run the industry. It is not only political independence that my grandfather sought for his people. It is economic resilience, ability to manage your own affairs and to provide and to train the future generations. If we don't do that or don't have that capacity in our chief main product of tourism, then this country is in a serious, serious problem. And it's not just for this generation, it is going to be a generational problem. When you invite the devil into paradise, you will pay a price because what they are doing, these Caribbean leaders, is allowing these companies to get a foothold into Caribbean tourism. And when they get a, fo a foothold, a generation from now, they're not going to give it up easily. People don't give up power just like that. People don't give up easy money just like that. So when you come to tell me you have a contract and you give them 30 years and the option for 10, they're not let go of that. And we, and unfortunately, we may have passed by that time. Future generations are going to have to redo what Papa and them 39ers did already. So we were going around in a circle and it needs to stop. We're going to break that circle right here in this generation for the betterment of our future generations. I go broke up that circle. That circle even broke down, tear down, mash up. Because it's no good for you. It's no good for me. It's no good for Antigua and Barbuda. Better late than never. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have a few more words. And I'm getting to, I'm a very emotional guy. And I'm feeling very emotional, emotional tonight. Because what is happening here cannot be a man's legacy to his people. We send the children abroad for scholarships, to train, to better themselves, to have the know-how 
how to run our country when they come home. Where are the opportunities with this global portal to run your country? Are we providing for the future generations? It is not happening. I don't see any of that. Faithful nationals, it is up to you to fire every last blast with one of them, starting with Gaston Brown. Get rid of him. That is how we will break this circle. The biggest failure of a prime minister in the entire Caribbean. And the one person solely responsible for the cruise ship crisis. The only good thing out of this crisis is that for one week after putting his foot in his mouth, you've had the pleasure of not hearing the sound of his voice. Gaston, man, Gaston, come out and tell us about the cruise industry exploiting us. I want to hear you come back with that now. Because I know tomorrow at that meeting is grovel, grovel, beg, beg. Grovel, grovel, beg, beg. That's all that's going to happen. Because you nearly put a significant amount of employees in these industries out of work. I believe that the cruise ship industry is going to come correct and come bring those boats back to Antigua. Not because they love us so much, but it's going to cost them to shift those boats in such a short period of time. It would be more economical just to continue with the schedule that they had. So that is the only comfort I have. I'm not confident in Max Fernandez going there leading any delegation. I'm not confident in Robin Yearwood backing him up or supporting him. As Max loved to say, he listened to his technicians. But to be honest with you, what I heard happened there at the first meeting and these, these meetings to sign this agreement was pretty pathetic. Because I hear Global Port is there, or the delegation, and Max Hernandez there. Max boss opened this big textbook, spiral textbook. And Max sit down with the textbook to negotiate rigorous, serious, cutthroat negotiation on behalf of the Antiguan and Barbarian people. You know what Max have to say? Tonight at the Luke's at 6.30 p.m. is Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon. At 8.35 is Jackie Chan in The Drunken Master. And at 10.35 it is Shaolin Monks versus Ninja Assassins. So, GPH officials, now Global Port say, boy, boy Max, you're really, you're really, you're really going hard on us, dear man. You're really, really. We never saw this one coming. <laughs> this is really going too hard. We don't know what to do. So one of the delegates say, you know what? Put your hand in the pocket. He say, here's $45 for three tickets <laughs> to Jackie Chan in The Drunken Master. You know what Max say? Okay, thanks, guys. Um, where you want me to sign the deal? Where? <laughs> Where do you want me to put my signature? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let us get back to some serious things here now. The reality is, the Chinese do not outsource their work. They do not outsource their industries. They can't even get a job in a Chinese kitchen for cooked fried rice. <laughs> they leave the dumb black leaders in the Caribbean like Gaston Brown to do that for them. 
we are outsourcing our work that we are supposed to do as a proud nation to global port management. Chinese workers know how to build airports at Coolidge. The Chinese workers know how to build multipurpose center down at Perry Bay. The Chinese worker knows how to farm as they are leasing them large tracts of land in the east of the island. I suppose now you'll hear from the government that we can't even manage our food production. Taxi drivers, if any of you think you'll be benefiting from the Global Port Screen Agreement, you are highly mistaken. You are highly mistaken and you need to stand up for yourself and for Antigua and Barbuda with the faithful nationals. Because what I am telling you, taxi drivers, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. And let me tell you what is going to happen to you. If you go to the VC Bird International Airport and you see how they have those red caps up there, when they used to be accustomed to go onto the carousel and take your bags off the carousel and carry it and put it in the back of your car, they have left those men out there to fend for themselves with about 10 to 15 feet after you come out of customs and to the curbside. That is the space where they work to feed their families and to pay their bills and to send their children to school. That is what they're going to do to the taxi drivers if global port holdings come into Antigua and Barbuda. You will be on the outside of Heritage Key looking in, like the Red Caps. You need to stand with the faithful nationals. Farmers, are you safer with labor? Taxi drivers, are you safer with labor? Antiguans, are you safer with labor? Faithful nationals, are you all safer with labor? No, sorry. Gaston Brown and the other dim-witted regional leaders have given Global Ports a foothold into the Caribbean tourism industry, a market that they will not be letting go of any, at any point in time, even after the initial agreement has expired. And that is a danger. But when you invite the devil into paradise, we are going to pay a price. Ladies and gentlemen, until I come again, have a very good night, and we will be back again. Attention! Yeah, man, it's always better with the music, right? Put your hands together for brother, fair. Bird the third, one of the faithful no, nationals of Antigua and Barbuda, man. Just a follow-up. He want me to like zero and sing a line jingle. The man want me perch my conscience and say all is nice. Like Robin Leach from Jumbibe say, here is paradise. Look, he banned me from his paper. Cause I paint a different picture And I cry for an urgent change Here in Antigua I see clearly the suffering From the present evil system But his done see his deputy And he can see 
All his white friends in whom he confide Shows that Michael stick close to his side But you have some black pride You're on my side Yes I, we join so the line tonight We are drawing the line tonight brothers and we sisters We can't take this grind So we draw the line This time While I sing this country is mine He now chanting a foreign line That don't leave Antiguans behind So we draw the line Yeah man Faithful Nationals! Yes, I hear you. I used to tell my brothers in Barbuda after we got called the first names. The first name. When you hear, we didn't hear nothing from Gaston Brown, we get frightened. Listen, Gaston Brown's silence had more effect on Barbuda people than when he poured his ignorance. He had more effect when he was silent on Barbudan issues than when he spoke to anything. Because we know when he up my mouth, I won't blow away again. But here you are. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something about the Antigua and Barbudan Labour Party. There are no better political spin doctors in the world than the Antigua Labour Party. Let me tell you, for a man to show cojones, he must be born with it. You understand? When Michael Brown was hit with the e-books, the government realized, or maybe even him, realized that he had, would, had to come back with something. So herein comes the spin, the infamous letter. But Antiguans and Barbudans were expecting too much from a man without any cojones. If you're not hand on, you're just not hand on. So what was Michael Brown going to go into the cabinet of Antigua and Barbuda, the parliament of Antigua and Barbuda, and say? You understand? Because let me tell you something now. When you can get away with certain things from certain people, you now get away for nothing tall with for we local Hitler. You understand? So brothers and sisters, faithful nationals, we have plenty work to do. We have a lot of work as Antiguans and Barbudans to do. And it's important that we continue the mission that we're on. Because let me tell you, every day, another soldier falls in line. Every single day, another Antiguan and Barbuda, Barbudan wakes up to the reality of what the faithful nationals stand for. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to bring a man to you. A man who is standing firm with the people of Antigua and Barbuda. Brothers and sisters, put your hands together and welcome Brother Richard Lewis to the podium. Watch yourself, black man, cause they think here is Canaan. 
Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Citizens and residents of Antigua and Barbuda, one year ago, the electorate of this nation gave a mandate to the Antigua Labour Party. They were, well, they were warned. Some did not listen. One year later, it is scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal. And we can't take it no more. I'm here tonight to talk about one of the many scandals. Where do you think that one is? The e-books. And I have a tablet here. Not the e-books tablet, not that archaic dinosaur. This is a real tablet. This whole debacle started back in February 2016 when the Antigua Labour Party administration told us that they're going to roll out an e-book project in Antigua and Barbuda in all schools, private and public, primary and secondary. And what they were going to do, they were going to convert existing textbooks to e-books. When we heard that, professionals from across the Caribbean and right here in Antigua and Barbuda, including myself, warned them and told them that they were going down the wrong road. Why are you going to hire a company out of India for tuna picks to come and create content when most of the existing publishers have the e-version of their textbooks already? It would have made sense to have a seamless rollout by engaging those publishers. I remember saying to them that there's a company in Jamaica, a Caribbean company called Book Fusion, that the University of the West Indies engaged and rolled out its e-books. That same company with the e-book platform Book Fusion recently engaged with Collins, a major publisher, and so we're saying something was wrong and something still is wrong with this debacle. The advice we gave fell on deaf ears. Because guess what? It was a self-enrichment scheme. And many of you can remember the Prime Minister, Gaston's ministers. Get rich. Creatively. And we know some of the latest pronouncements. Use your positions, and when you meet people of means, use that to get wealth. That's coming from a prime minister. Unheard of. They told us that they were going to roll out the, the, the tablets, the e-book project, in September 2016. They purchased over 6,000 archaic tablets. 2000, September 2016 came, and nothing happened. They changed, and at that time, they told us it would have been cost the taxpayers $9 million. September came, nothing. They said November 2016. November 2016 came, and nothing happened. The saga continued. The ever-changing rollout dates. February 2017. September 2017. September 2018. The taxpayers of this country paid for tuna picks 
an initial $5 million and committed $13 million EC dollars annually to this company for user fee. But we didn't know about any user fee. The cabinet said they didn't know anything about any user fee. Something is wrong. The question is asked, is this a rip-off? Now, we're told lately that Fortuna Picks has reduced the user fee from US $250 per user, and it's 20,000 users. They provided a little over 6,000 tablets, but we're paying user fee for 20,000 users. We want to know where are the other tablets. They said they brought it down to eat to US $80, but they didn't tell us the whole story. Because the real story is, yes, they brought it down, but for the years past, it's US $125 per user. So that is what? 6,006.5 million EC dollars. And it's two years, that is 13 million EC dollars that we owe them. And going forward, then is when they say US 80. Now the question is asked, how can you move it from US $250 per user down to 80? Something is wrong. And we want to know what it is that's wrong. Today, we are still waiting. We're waiting on Fortuna Picks. We're waiting on the Minister of Education to effectively roll out that ebook project. This is a big scandal and somebody must pay. Somebody get the money. Who get the money? We need to know. The president of the Antiguan Barbuda Teachers Union warned of a colossal failure. The principals and teachers warned of it also and said they don't want to be a part of this. They don't want to be a part of any failed experiment. But nobody listened because they're bigger than anybody else. We have called for the Minister of Education, Michael Brown, to resign. And we have called for full investigation into this scandal. I'm going to give you, there are many reasons, but I'm going to keep it short because the night is spent. I'm going to list just five reasons why Michael Brown must resign and we must have a full investigation into this ebook scandal. In May 2017, Michael Brown went to Belize and lied about the state of the ebook project in Antigua and Barbuda. Further, he appeared to be promoting Fortuna Picks. What is the connection? This is what he said in Belize. This is what is attributed to him. This article coming out of Belize, it says in there, speaking to Brown, and that's Michael Brown, he explained that his introduction of digital textbooks has significantly reduced the cost of education in his country. Eli! Eli! He added that a side benefit to the program is that technology is introduced to students at an earlier age. What are you talking about? We introduced technology before. So he went down there and he lied to the people of Belize. And we say, we don't want a liar as the Minister of Education. Well, some call him Minister of Miseducation. So he must go. Under his watch, Michael Brown. The Tenders Board Act was breached. The law was broken. 
And when you break the law, you must pay. The wave of tender for the purchase of the tablets, the capital, capital part of the project, was sought and granted after the fact. After the contract was signed. That's illegal. After the cabinet decision was made to disperse the initial $5 million. Further, there was no tendering or wave of tender for the user fee portion of the contract. Again, the Tenders Board Act was breached. He has broken the law, they have broken the law, and they must pay. Just like the ordinary man would have paid. We say Michael Brown must resign and we want a full investigation. I'm coming down. This is the third reason. Under Michael Brown's watch, the cabinet of Antigua and Barbuda exhibited gross negligence by approving the disbursement of funds for the project without seeing a contract. They said they didn't see the contract. Where is the contract? When you send the circulation note to cabinet, the contract is supposed to be attached. Is this a cartoon country? Is a cartoon cabinet we run in? Is a cartoon minister of education? Is it a cartoon prime minister? Let's get real. That was a violation of standard operating procedure. It's possible that the contract was deliberately withheld. So the cabinet would know about the $13 million user fee, annual that is. So somebody could get a cut. It's possible. We're asking questions. We don't know. What reason? It was discovered that minimal content was created by Fortuna Picks and that they didn't have context with our situation here in the Caribbean. And that's why we were saying to them, use the e-version of the current textbooks that have already been created for our situation and for the CSEC project. CSEC um, subjects. Minister Michael Brown called the teachers, some teachers together, and he said, listen, we got to save this. We want you to write some content. Remember Fortuna Picks was contracted to write content. Teachers, you write content. And guess what? I will get the Board of Education to pay you. Plenty of them get paid $60 per hour, but paid by whom? Fortuna Picks was contracted, but guess who paid? The Board of Education. How come? Added to that, I don't know how many of you have heard it. The Fortuna Picks, one of the principals of Fortuna Picks, was on the Prime Minister's radio station. And they asked him a question. You paid for the content? He was mumbling and fumbling. And then somebody guided him to say yes. And he said yes. Well, he opened Pandora's box. How you pay for content and we have no evidence of that? It's the Board of Education that paid. The Board of Education should not have paid. It should have been Fortuna Picks. Those who were contracted to create the content. We want answers for that. Something wrong. Some bubble in there. And we want answers. We say Michael Brown must resign. If it walks like a duck, it walks like a duck, then guess what? It is a duck. Final reason. The minister is ultimately responsible. And he has stated that he will take full responsibility 
the Observer article of February 1st, 2018, 2019, sorry. Brown takes full blame for e-books debacle. He went in Parliament and he said he's taking full blame. Blame me, Michael Brown. Well, if you say blame, you resign. The Prime Minister alluded to the fact that there were clear breaches. He said the Prime Minister, quote, there are clear breaches there, unquote, and that, quote, the Minister of Education is ultimately responsible. Now, the fact that he has admitted culpability is sufficient reason for him to resign. In Jamaica, let me use an example here. Some time ago, might have been last year, there was a, a question of a scandal at a company called Petrojam. I think that is Petroleum Jamaica. And the minister responsible for that, for Petrojam, Dr. Wheatley, resigned to clear the way for an investigation. Nobody finger him and say, thief not, no trouble not. But there was a scandal. And he had to resign to clear the way for an investigation. Just yesterday, check the Jamaica Glean and the Jamaica Observer. Just yesterday, I was shocked when I read it. Questions of impropriety at an agency attached to the Ministry of Education that came to light. And right away, the Minister of Education, Ruel Brown, resigned. Resigned, but not in Antigua and Barbuda. Not in Antigua and Barbuda. Something wrong in this place. The Prime Minister in Jamaica said he wanted his government to set a standard of, standard of accountability that cannot be questioned. We want our Prime Minister to set a standard in his government of accountability that cannot be questioned. And as such, we call for the resignation of Michael Brown and for full investigation into the e-books project. We have a man who has put this entire country into a tailspin over the e-books over the e project. And he remains as Minister of Education. That cannot be right. Too many irregularities. Too many clear breaches. They broke the law. And this will not be swept under the carpet. Now, closing, he penned a document some months ago, giving a detailed analysis of the Global Ports project and why he's against it. Real detail. Look good, sound good. I'm putting a challenge out to Michael Brown, a daring Michael Brown, to prepare a similar document on the e-book scandal. Prepare a similar document for us to read, Mr. Minister. Every taxpayer, every citizen, every resident should join the call for full investigation into this e-book scandal. Every resident, every citizen should join the call for the resignation of Minister Michael Brown. We demand accountability in government. We demand transparency in our government. Let the investigation begin. Let the investigation begin. Thank you and good night.
Put your hands together, brothers and sisters. For brother Richard Lewis. Yeah, man. Powerful. Yes, sir. Faithful nationals. Faithful nationals. Let your voices be heard, man. Hear you. I said nothing at all, right? Come, Bob, you didn't speak to me, Carlo. And so, as not to put my foot in my mouth, I'm going to welcome Brother Fabian Jones to the podium. Nationals, faithful nationals of Antigua and Barbuda. I am indeed proud to be here tonight, one year after the last general elections. My dear people of Antigua and Barbuda, last year this time, Gaston Brown thought he had all things covered, pampered the people of Barbuda, give them all sort of things, fridge and all kind of things, and he makes sure he brings them into Antigua and believe that we're afraid in moustache and vote for Labour. When he heard the results of the elections, for Barbuda, he says, send their home. It's just like Pharaoh. When the plague started to haunt him, you have to let go the Israelites. Antigans, Gaston Brown is trying to enslave you once again. And the time arrives, we tell Gaston Brown, we will not go back to slavery once again. I am happy to see what is happening tonight. I am happy for what took place today. Let Gaston Brown understand that he is your servant. And when you want to mess with your business, you take him out of office using your ex. My dear people of Antigua and Barbuda, you hear them talking about this airport in the Barbuda. 
Yeah, them said that them find caves under the airport. But the real thing is, they don't have no money. They use the investor to put up $5 million in escrow to get lands in Barbuda. And all the five million US dollar done. Ask Gaston. Ask Lennox Weston. Ask Marwin. All of them take them trucks and send them to Barbuda. Talking about cleaning up after Irma. But they were just making money in Barbuda. Wicked set of people. Corruption beyond corruption. That's what they did. But my dear people, listen to this. De Niro was supposed to put up $5 million too. But he didn't come up with the money. So they're now pressuring the same PLH to give them more money. PLH said, listen man, we came here to do a project. And we're not sure we can give you the money. But somebody said, they tell them. I either put the money or not have me in the Coca Pint. So right now, Barbuda is being held ransom over people negotiating to make themselves rich. And the same thing coming across the waters to Antigua, called Global Port. Global Port, Gaston Brown have given away. The patrimony of Antigua and Barbuda. And then he wants to say to you that he's a better finance minister than Harold Lovell. But let me put something to you tonight. Let me ask you a question tonight. Who is better? Harold Lovell going to IMF and get a loan and pay it back at Gaston Brown giving away your port for global port. There's no comparison. And we need to send a message to Gaston Brown and let him know that the foolishness that he's doing must stop now. So I'm telling you now, we are getting set in Barbuda for an election next week. Wednesday, Wednesday election. And Arthur Nibs, the man that gave away the rights and the freedom of Barbuda, believe that Barbudans are stupid like the people that down in point that run behind the gas stand and throw money out in the car and they run behind it and look for turkey and ham. We in a lack of that. Because we understand where we came from. Our foreparents fought hard to protect the lands of Barbuda for the people of Barbuda and anyone who comes there and wants to do honest business and so we will continue to fight to protect the lands of Barbuda Antiguans, it is not too late let us stand up and fight to protect your resources your tourism industry is at a stake right now where the people who once enslaved us are coming to take it back again. And your black leaders, 
Why when you listen to abstinence in the summertime, you know, the kind of songs they sing. Short shirt and them. When you listen to the messages in those songs, you need to understand it is for eternity. Because I listen to a song today, you know, by short shirt. The handwriting is on the wall. These wicked people want to enslave you once again. And the song is still relevant up to today. Are we going to allow Gaston Brown to give away your port? Are you serious about that? Then the next move we're going to make is to surround his office and parliament and stop them from going in there. We have to get real, man. Show them that you mean what you say. They should not be allowed to go into parliament to pass no law to give away the port of Antigua and Barbuda. People power is the greatest power because the people's voice is like the voice of God. So come on, man. Let us understand we have a job to do. We have a job to do, my dear people of Antigua and Barbuda. I mean, not because last year you put them into after just give away things and make themselves rich. When you check out this whole thing, you know, any evil that this man tried to evil that is happening they use all kind of people all kind of names because they one time eh, there was a thing called Bible shutters and they have the Bible people them name as the um, directors of the company when you check it out a Hugh Marshall, Lester Bird, Robin Yearwood, they were the people that were behind all this thing. And they raped Barbuda of all the sun money. And now they won't come, come take well on. If you go in Barbuda right now, Barbuda is all cut up, surveyed for all kind of people. And the council of Barbuda, elected by the people, have no clue as what is taking place. But after the 27th of March, after next week Wednesday, all that will stop. Anybody coming to Barbuda, they must come and talk to the relevant body, the Barbuda Council. And if Gaston Brown believes that he is bad, then he'll meet us in the courts. We will take Gaston Brown to court every single time he tries to undermine the Barbuda Council. That is what you people need to understand. You have avenues to take your matters. Do not stand now and sit down and say, oh, we're going to wait until next election. By next election, Antigua probably gone. So you must stand up now. Today is the day of salvation.
So this is the time you have. Tomorrow is not promised to anyone. So take action today. And let the people in office understand how we put you there. And you must do what we say. Or else you're going to have to go. Are you ready? You sure you're ready? All right, because I'm telling you, we're going to call out soon. We're going to, huh? Plenty. They can't lock up all the way. 1735 can't hold all the way. You understand me? So do not be afraid. That is what they try to do now. Use police against the law. Imagine police officers telling you that the way law say, but we are instructed. Eh? They swore an oath to uphold the laws of Antigua and Barbuda. Do your work. Stop let Gaston Brown dictate to you. And you may say, Fabian, how can you say Gaston Brown instruct the police? Gaston Brown, in his own words, said he will take up his phone and call the commissioner of police and send him to lock up Trevor Walker and anybody in Barbuda who stand in his way. We are not standing in a body way of true development. But when you want to give away 987 acres of land in a pristine area for $23,000 per annum, we must sit down and relax. What name, so? No, that can't happen. It must not happen. Back in the days of slavery, when England used to own these islands, yes, they could do what they want to do. But our foreparents fought hard. And we got our freedom. We are no more slaves. And we control Antigua and Barbuda. And therefore, we must show the government that we are in control. So my dear people of Antigua and Barbuda, understand this tonight. That this is a serious time. This is a serious time you now. When you hear a government cannot even go and borrow 83 million dollars to uplift your ports even a facelift then half a borrow no 83 million dollar one time because global port now spend no 83 million dollar one time you understand me they can do it stage by stage but they have other things in mind Get rich quick. Can you imagine a prime minister of a country telling his ministers use their position to, with people who have influence and money to get money and the people to sit down and keep quiet? Eh? That is what they do to investors all the time. Rock them up. Shake them down. But you see they couldn't do that to put straight, you know. You understand? And that will happen. That's why they don't like Sandals operation. They could not get none out of the table. So you see what they do? When you find leaders coming out clearly and saying to you, to the ministers, 
Use your position to enrich yourself. A time for all of them come out of parliament. All. Force Gaston Brown to call the election now. He went and called an early election because he knew what was going to happen. Right now, we're not satisfied. We're not happy. So tell, let us get the message to him now. Call the election now. The people of Antigua and Barbuda is ready for a change. And a change for the better. We made a change in 2014, but it was for the worse. We must come back now and make the change for better. So until you hear from me next time again, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Be strong and be ready to hold on to your patrimony. Hold on to your country. Good night and see you again. for brother Fabian Jones, a faithful national. Yes, brothers and sisters, one more time for brother Jones. For brother Jones. Gaston Brown might be crazy, but he's not stupid. He's not going to call another election. Trust me, my brother. He not call another early election. Behiria. History tells us of something that happened in Boston called the Boston Tea Party. In Barbuda, we had the Hammond Turkey Party. Barbudans, let me tell you how wicked Labour Party people be. Arthur Nibs was given a portion of their intricates, the ham and the turkey and all that. Arthur Nibs went around and, and he satisfied the Labour Party as they normally do. But here we are. Irma came and Irma met the Barbuda fisheries. Chill room with over 500 ham and 500 turkey. You know what happened? After Irma, and we got the opportunity to go back. When we're coming up through Low Bay, we could have smelled the stench. You know what we had to do? Dump all the ham and turkey in the lagoon. Imagine that. This is the love of the Antigua Labour Party, whether they're in Barbuda, are they in Antigua? Have for the people. They suffer you until they need you. But here we are. We need something now, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, we need a change. And from this platform, the platform of the faithful nationals, 
we will effect that change. And that's why when we say, when you're called to duty, you make sure you're front and center as Antiguans and Barbudans. Because only us will make that difference. Who will make the difference? Faithful nationals. One time, every time. Miriam, I'm going to bring a lady to you. She's going to do a poem for you. Because right in, in between the politics, you know, understand? We must have a little culture. Because as much as they want to take away our culture, our, all our traditions and everything from us and enslave us, we hold fast to the things that are dear to us. Welcome, Sister Tatsi oh. oh. Isaac to the podium. Yeah. Shoggy! Uh. Yeah. This one goes out to all my women, you know? My strong women. Uh. So amazing how this world was made. I wonder if God is a woman. The gift of life astounds me to this day. I give it up for the woman. She's the constant wind that fills my sail. Oh, that woman. With a smile and a style. She'll protect you like a child That's a woman Good night, good night, good night. I'm not a politician. I'm a faithful national and a proud Antiguan. Some call me poet. And if in fact I am, then I have an obligation to speak it as I see it. Rome is burning, faithful nationals. Rome is burning. And while Rome burns, this administration is unconcerned. They fan the flames. The flames get hotter. The flames get higher. There's no water to put out this fire. Scandal, global ports. Scandal, e-book reports. Scandal, Odebrecht. Scandal, that's not over yet. Scandal, 500 house. Scandal, prime minister's spouse. Frizil Road, scandalous. Airport Road, scandalous. Syrian smuggling, scandalous. Pensioners struggling, scandalous. Deluxe buyout, scandalous. Everybody shout out. What a scandalous government. Mount St. John's, suspicious debt. ABS, one big mess. A prime minister's immaturity. Our social insecurity. Our children's miseducation and a tub full of lubrication because they're giving it to us real good. Each talk shows serial caller from rural east or west. Blinds leading the blind and the ass man have freedom to express. 
they cuss and they fuss for the party about who should hold the reins when the empty vessels quiet Antigua still remains faithful nationals this administration lacks maturity and his destroyed trust so this fight is bigger than any one two three four of us there's need for upward this history demands Antigua notice this cabinet is planning and scheming and making moves undercover 99% of them teething and get better and they're selling Antigua to the lowest bidder they've got the Rumpelstiltskin touch they spin gold for themselves and straw for us this authoritarian regime that does not know what governance means this this kleptocracy that gives the middle finger to democracy and tears its bottom at accountability dice like monopoly buy and swap land and property with anybody as long as they don't look like you and me serving up appetizers like our tourism sector and entrees like our agriculture sector and desserts like our children's future on a shiny silver platter garnished with Antigua black and kidney mangoes there she goes there Antigua goes the stench of their corruption is so rife so rotten so pungent it permeates the atmosphere stains our clothes and clings our hair wraps itself around our throats cutting off our air we are choking but they're not joking they're serious seriously trying to recolonize faithful nationals it's time to organize i smell a revolution i taste a revolution i hear a revolution i feel a revolution it's time for a revolution strong people you know we're a talented people yeah man we hear you this is a message that we send out in Barbuda night after night after night after night and I just want to take a minute to remind Antiguans our Antiguan brothers and sisters of how important it is for us to protect the lands of Antigua and Barbuda Brothers and sisters, this thing is no joke, you know. 
Imagine. Imagine the road we're heading down now. And imagine where we can be in not a hundred years, but in 10, 20, 30 years. Imagine your child today, five years old. And if the sale of our lands continue as is, that child might never get a chance to own a piece of this rock. Imagine how much of us, I mean, in this economic poor house as it stands, a lot of us will not be able to leave the, those serious dollars in the bank. But you know what? If we fight and if we're determined to protect the lands of Antigua and Barbuda, we will be able to leave that. Leave that for our children. That could be our. That could be our contribution to the forward movement of Antigua and Barbuda, the future generation. So we have to be serious. We have to stand up as a people and we have to continue to fight to preserve the lands of Antigua and Barbuda. The move was made right, you know. VC Bird made the right move when he bought the syndicate lands back for the people of Antigua and Barbuda. What happened? It was sold to somebody of the same complexion, just with a little darker tone. And right now, Gaston Brown, Arthur Nibs, and all those people are looking to re-enslave the people of Antigua and Barbuda. And brothers and sisters, we can't allow that to happen. We cannot allow that to happen. So as faithful nationals, we will stand up and we will defend the lands of Antigua and Barbuda. Brothers and sisters, to continue the forward movement of this organization, I'm going to call Brother Chucky to the podium to address, to address us tonight. Good night, faithful nationals, Antiguans and Barbudans. I was not expected to be on the podium tonight, but when duty called, I must obey. As a native born, I am fighting for my country. The last time I was here was a bit with the throat problem. It's a bit better, but I'm here to adjust the nation. I just want to join what Fabian said when I listened to the somehow I was listening to the radio and I heard a bit of parliament and when I heard Michael Brown speaking I want to join Fabian Jones saying we should not allow the ministers of government to enter parliament and I'm very serious they are there to manipulate the minds of our people they are there to speak lies rather than truth to power. And so what they plan is to deceive the nation. And we are about 
are people are people who are intending to have a better life and they're not intending to do so for the last five years they know that they have failed the people who elected them people were warned but the bribery the corruption the promises the people went for it now is the time now more than ever for us to change that the entire environment of a corrupt government i am here to address not just those who are here and i'm happy to see that all of us are here to fight for our country but those are under the sound of my voice in the profession that i love so much for the last 38 years the taxi operation ambassador to our nation those who believe that the government has our interests we're making a mistake if we're interested in our profession in our service as ambassadors we have been we have been included in the entire global port development we were left out they are now promising our people our taxi drivers that they're going to give us the promise that nothing will happen we will not be displaced i know it's a lie because the the horse has already bolted the document already signed i have knowledge because i have the document and so i'm trying to talk to my colleagues that's why last night i'm asking jifford the entire taxi fraternity man and woman to join together let us come together and send a strong message to gaston brown and we will not sit back and allow global poor to take over our patrimony our our lives are dependent on the taxi operation we have our loans to pay we have our children to feed school fee uniforms whatever people going to college universities gaston brown don't have any interest the intention is for global poor to collect revenue from the store owners to raise head tax where now the ships are now turning a diff to a different port what will become of us we are not going to stand up and allow that and i'm calling on all of them come out i have tried every day i'm trying to protest i've had discussions it's very difficult because our people are divided by politics some of the things that i'm hearing from some of my colleagues it is unbelievable it is seemingly that they believe in what gaston brown and the administrator is saying but we should be more smarter than that we are a people that are we have the ambition to make a better way in life no other port no other country would have accepted what they're trying to do to us so i'm calling on all of them when we had a problem many years some time ago recently maybe about two years ago there was a man they called neil kaelin wanted to bring in buses to run taxi and all the associations joined together i was present 
and in in a matter of about a week or two the entire situation came to a halt and that was a thing of the past i'm calling on all of them again this is serious and i'm glad to say that i understand the store owners in heritage key is intending to buy out their part of the stores if they do so if gaston brown allow them it is a good move because global port intends to take the rent and they may even increase the rent for these store owners and if they buy the stores and if the ships would not allow them to raise their tax from 550 to 11 something to 12 almost 12 dollars then yes because our government i believe i don't know if they were drinking cavalier or something because you cannot get 550 and collect one dollar as a government you cannot expect to raise their tax and collect 150 when global poor these people from turkey have no love for our people we are the laughing stock of the caribbean no other country in the caribbean saying kids who is a smaller population has nothing to offer like what we have we have a paradise here we have the best brand all we need to do is to manage it and to upgrade all our ports all our historical sites and we can have the best brand of tourism and so i'm happy to know that i have the back of my people faithful nationals continue to support and i will continue to campaign to stop this entire global voting thank you for listening Night and day are catching hell, people think are doing well, just because I sing a few calypso. But that is my misery, calypso don't make money, but most of them don't know. That Put I your hands together for Brother Chalky, another faithful national. But I intend to hang on, tell them, tell them for me no dice. I ain't gonna eat lice, I ain't gonna grow old, sitting in the cold, not me. No way, they gonna have to beat me, they gonna have to eat me, or the heads go roll. Tell them I say, I was born in this land, I go die in this land, nobody gonna run me. From I sound good, sing them again. Yes, man. You hear? You see? You see the voice of the nationals? I tell you, I tell you. But here, you I'm not going to say much. I'm just going to call this young man to the podium. One of the most powerful speakers I've had the opportunity to listen to. He's one of us. He is a faithful national. Brothers and sisters, put your hands together and welcome, brother Alistair Thomas, to the podium.
king has got no honor in his own country. Foreigners can just walk in. Good evening. Good evening. Faithful nationals. Faithful nationals. Oops. 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 Can I hear a great round of applause for all those who came before? Let us hear another great round of applause for the faithful nationals who have been carrying the struggle. It would be remiss of me to come here and not make mention of what I consider a demonstration of the best of us. And I'm speaking particularly of our brother, son, a most honorable citizen in Eli Fuller. I want to say that I come not just to speak to the faithful nationals, but I come to speak to the citizens, the residents, and all of us who love this country. I want to say that we are in perhaps the worst of times. I believe that this nation require the best of us as citizens, as residents, to do whatever we can to rescue and to save this country. I believe that Eli Fuller not only demonstrated he was a faithful national, he demonstrated that he was a concerned citizen. He demonstrated that he is in fact a patriot. But more so, that he had the tenacity, he had the courage, he had the fearlessness to stand up and say that wrong is wrong and right is right. He had the courage to say that the ecological and environmental crime that was committed or is in fact being committed is not only something that this nation should feel sad about because it's not just the immediate effect to our ecology and environment that is being destroyed but is our future and I wish to take this occasion to say to this distinguished son of ours that you did us proud and we all should stand with him because we know that there is a tendency that is developing and we must do everything to push back against it 
that in this democracy in this world in which we have signed on to all kinds of international treaties guaranteeing our inalienable rights and democratic rights it seems that there is an intolerance for criticism for opposition and I think the way in which Eli had stood up for this nation he demonstrated the best of us and let's give him the support and make sure that they do not identify him and react without re us responding I want to say tonight that I believe it's best whether he vacillates whether he eat humble pie whether he reverse whether he back back it is immaterial I come to say to the nation that our appeal our campaign of as the faithful national nationals is not just for us but for the present and future generation I want to say that it's in my view one of the greatest assaults ever been committed against us since the 185 years of our abolition from slavery and our 38 years of independence and I'm speaking of the global ports holding agreement for the life of me I cannot understand how a black government with a black leader could have read that agreement in 2019 and not only signed it but is still defending it most of us would have read the minister's letter but I believe it is important to share it with you some aspects of it and permit me to make my point here is Minister Brown a minister of the Gaston Brown's cabinet whether he was being manhandled threatened beat up on yesterday some say for two hours it's irrelevant he wrote this and they say there are few things that come not back he said first and this is not clear natil this is not Algernon Watts this is not Harold Lovell this is not Alistair Thomas this is not Ms. Williams this is a minister writing on November the 15th 2018 
when the nation were not aware that this criminal act of signing away our cruise industry and depriving generations for 40 years to have no access and rights to be owners and managers of that industry. We were not aware. But on November the 15th, here is Minister Michael Brown writing to his cabinet and to our Prime Minister. And he writes, or he penned, or he only signed, whichever. But they all have accepted it is his communication. He writes, first, the proposed pending concession by the government of Antigua, meaning his government, or my government, to the global port holding, particularly factoring in the duration, one, the exclusivity, two, and three, surrendering, mark the word. So when those brothers who are supporters and defenders of anything and everything that the prime minister does, here is a minister of government writing that the surrendering of, quote, all cruise port facilities within the Falmouth Harbor, St. John's Harbor, and the project area for birthing and tendering operations in the state of Antigua and Barbuda, inclusive of existing piers, the new pier of Fifth Birth, the new mall, Heritage Key Mall properties, and any government properties related to any birthing and tendering operations and locations for cruise-related businesses is inconsistent with the right to self-determination. Listen carefully. He says, Minister Brown, about the global ports Recolonization, reenslavement agreement. A minister of cabinet, the present cabinet, writes. He says the agreement is inconsistent with the right of self determination, the spirit of national pride, patriotism, the rich history of our people for overcoming struggle and the political and socio-economic advancement of Antiguans and Barbudans that they've made prior and since our 37 years of political independence. That Minister Brown admits, document, that the agreement that his government signed of robbing, of raping, of betraying the history of our people, the struggle of our people. Did he 
Maybe it's the ancestral spirits that forced him or compel him to say this. He says it's inconsistent with the rights of self-determination. That is the agreement that the prime minister is defending in taking away the people's industry. And let me elaborate. Because it seems that there is something about getting elected and being a prime minister and being a cabinet. That they come to believe that being a minister, being a prime minister, that the assets of the people, the country belongs to them. We must remind them, it's not theirs. You, the people, have the greatest power, not the politicians, not the prime minister, and you must make them understand that. No power, no power is greater than the people organized so that he believes that he and them being elected that the nation and its resources belong to them madness how could we elect a government to say during your term you can dispense with the assets of the country at your discretion our whims and fancy how could you be thinking that our entire cruise industry is right to give away to a company and depriving all citizens of the right to its ownership. But let's continue with Mr. Brown. He says, in this immediate post-Caribbean Court of Justice referendum era, the award of this particular proposed concession by the government of Antigua is particularly conflicting and contradictory in both principle and substance. Did you hear me? The minister is telling his leader, his government, that what the faithful national are now saying, they are right. That that agreement, he says, in the immediate post-CCJ referendum era. The award of this particular proposed concession by government conflicts with the position that the Prime Minister and those who are supporting the CCJ is conflicting. But he's not done yet. He says the instant Memorandum of Understanding and Pending Agreement represents a philosophical capitulation, meaning turn turtle, the opposite, the reversal of the recent arguments and positions buttressing political sovereignty and summoning a further symbolic push 
for self-determination by imploring voters to vote for replacing the Privy Council, Parliament Square, and he gives the address, final court of appeal with the CCJ. Yet, he says, mere weeks after the passionate and philosophical campaign in support of the CCJ, heavily reliant on the principles of self-reliance, his government, his cabinet, is set to surrender. Mark the word. This is Minister Brown writing to his cabinet and to his prime minister, whether he He says, this symbolic push, he says, he says, yet mere weeks after the passionate and philosophical campaign in support of the CCJ court, heavily reliant on principles of self-reliance, the government is set to surrender the nation's ports exclusively for 30 years to another London-based entity, Global Port. He says, no to the Privy Council became It became, sorry, he says no to the Privy Council because it's in London. Our people are capable of constructing our laws and we are intellectually capable of managing our judicial future in a mission statement I have grown to fully embrace. Conversely, he says, yes, the global port, though in London, to manage all our ports for 30 years. Our people are capable. No, he says our people incapable. And we are intellectually incapable of managing the economic future. Despite the current financial situation. It is a proclamation difficult to swallow. In that what he's saying. That now that the prime minister is advocating the reverse and taking a reverse position of what he was saying during the CCJ campaign. He, Michael Brown, says he finds that position difficult to swallow. But he's not done yet. He says, ownership in the belief of the right of self-determination is a pivotal political and socio-economic ingredient to nation building ownership he says rooted in the evolving pursuit of people to form a more perfect nation prime minister gaston brown asserted in his message commemorating the 37th year of political independ independence that and he quotes this is prime minister brown speaking at the 37 independence commemoration Independence will not be further advanced if the judicial system of the Twin Island State is still under the control of the London-based Privy Council. And he says he continues, in making his pitch for the CCJ, Prime Minister Brown stressed that it is necessary for Antiguans and Barbudans to remember the country's history and its people's struggle to the trade union movement for a better life and a right to self-determination, acquiring adult suffrage, the right to vote, 
before the country attained political independence from Great Britain, P.M. Brown's recall and reliance on our country's history, the struggle of our people for a better life and the right to self-determination contextualizes the importance attached to owning our judiciary, our political system, and to every extent possible, our proclivity to economically evolve, not only because of, but in spite of geo-related circumstances. If a minister of government, and it is Michael Brown, Like, like Saul on the way to Tarsus had to pen an eight-page letter admitting that a global port agreement is putting us back on the plantation. I say to all of us who are here. We cannot, we must not, and we will not give up on this struggle to save not only our industry, but to ensure that the struggle that our grandparents and our ancestors waged and the sacrifices that we do not give it away. I want to say to you that we must increase our effort to mobilize, to organize. We must ensure that we did not, when history is written, that we betrayed our children. We must not in this campaign, make it partisan. We must make it national. We must ensure that we are saying to each and every one, it is not about just a campaign. It's about our livelihood. It's about our heritage. It's about our sovereignty. It's about our independence. It is about a government who without conscience even when one of its own colleagues found it reprehensible and unacceptable that any such agreement could be conceived, let alone signed. I say to you as a people, we are confronted with either we go forward in a modern period owning, and even if we had management, but not to surrender and to leave an entire industry and our children's potential at the mercy of somebody else saying to them that they're not competent or capable. We would have failed the generation. History would not absolve us. So that this campaign that we are waging, I say to you, let's increase the momentum Let's increase the effort to say that not only we are right, not only that our cause is just, but it's about saying
into the world that we will not go back on the plantation in 2019. We cannot go back where our grandparents suffered. We have the ability. We have the competence. We can't be having an agreement that says for 30 years, none of you, none of your children or grandchildren can invest in a port facility. When we built it, when we manage it, when we own it, when we operate it for 30 years, we will be deprived of that and our children. We owe it to them. And I appeal to all of you this evening. And it's important to emphasize. It's about the citizens. It's about the residents. And I want to send this message. We must do everything humanly possible to reach to our young people. We are not doing a good job. Because they are those who have decided to set upon the young people. And they've set upon them with trinkets and beads. They've set upon them with free concerts. They've set upon them with fets and alcohol and music while they're losing their country. We must find by whatever means and method to get to our young people to let them rise up and say, no, it's your future that you must stand with us to save. I want to say to our lawyers, to the Bar Association, you are our brothers and sisters. But this indifference, this silence, when our nation needs you more than ever, we cannot look on you kindly. That you are not coming in support, not of the faithful nationals, but in support of saving your nation. I call respectfully, I call brotherly and sisterly, that you attorneys, you bar association, you know that this agreement is a reenslavement act. You know more than anyone else the provision is in this act. Reverse our independence, reverse our sovereignty, takes away our patrimony. You cannot remain silent in the face of this betrayal. We call on you to join the line. You either with the struggle for saving our democracy, our independence, our patrimony, or you're against us. I call on our preachers. I call on the church. Jesus did not, in my view, receive a Christian persecution and crucifixion. It was because he went beyond. And for those who are hiding behind the excuse that they are staying out, when their nation and people, their congre congregationists and congregations are suffering and are at the threshold of being recolonized, 
Jesus. When he was alive, he challenged the status quo. He challenged the government. He said the tax were unjust. And it is more, in my view, his intervention in challenging the political system that they prosecuted him. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you must say, right is right, wrong is wrong. Injustice is injustice. And you cannot remain in your church and stay quiet while we are being recolonized. I call on all of you to join with this national campaign as church, as attorneys, as workers, as residents, as citizens. Let us ensure that we are not placed back on the plantation. Join with us, faithful national, concerned citizens. Forward together in the blood and spirit of our ancestors. I love you all. Let us continue the struggle. Today's Forward ever. Put your hands together for Brother Alistair Thomas! Things couldn't be worse Is as if we curse Like the ghost of slavery's past Come back again to us yeah, But without the ships Change shackles and whips I see in the action In the leaders of my nation Yeah. So my people be on the earth. I see in trouble, ruining we are. Faithful nationals. Of slavery's remnants. Lord, I see in the offsprings of some host nigger. Yeah, one. Yo. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, I love this, I love this, I love this, I love this. Yes, man. Put your hands together again for Brother Alistair. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm not going to waste any time. He might be the leader of a political party, but he's also a faithful national. Brothers and sisters, put your hands together and welcome. The faithful national brother Harold Lovell to the podium. Yeah, man. Yeah. And vegans wake up. Yeah. Open up your eyes. Your country needs you. Hope you realize our government is abusing its power. Why I came back to sing To expose the wicked things I'm perpetrating It is only time for the self-destruct Greed and power is the TNT The purpose in government was for the box They don't really care about this country All the scheming, conniving plans have caught up with them They are facing insurmountable problems and just as sure as the sun will rise, this government must fall. The 
handwriting is on the wall. Faithful Nationals, let me thank you for coming out here in such great numbers. I know it has been a long day. And I want to thank all of you, faithful nationals like Sister Claudine, who was here this morning, and all those of you who were on the picket line, Sister Veronica and others. It's been a long day. But it is worth it. Tonight, we have heard some wonderful speakers. We've had some very, very sound messages coming here tonight. And it's all in keeping with one theme. And the one theme is, all of this is bigger than any one of us. The issues that face us transcend party lines, transcend individual whims and fancies transcend whatever little opinions and differences that we may have because the nation of Antigua and Barbuda is at stake. Can you imagine on the anniversary of the election of the Labour Party we had a delegation leaving Antigua today on American Airlines. It's the Gravel and Beg delegation. embarrassment of the nation of Antigua and Barbuda making us the laughing stock of the world and this is but one example of how things have been going over the last several years this whole global ports agreement is similar to what they did with Yida a lot of people don't understand what happened with Yida. They believe Yida was just an investment group that came here that haven't performed. But what this government did was they went to parliament and they passed a law that gives Yida all the rights of a sovereign nation in Antigua and Barbuda. It's there where they gave all that part of Antigua and Barbuda on the northeast coast to Yida. That is alienated forever and ever. And up to now, there's been no performance. But that came as they admitted after the election of 2014 when they admit that certain contributions were made and as a result 
we have to wonder if it is those contributions that constitute the price to sell that huge portion of Antigua away alienated from us with the Yida License Act that is today on the law books here in Antigua and Barbuda. That was never ever done before in this country. You see, in countries where you have a free trade zone, it is the government that owns the free trade zone. And the government would give a license to whoever wants to operate in that free trade zone. What this government did, they gave Yida the total control and all the rights. And anybody who wants to operate there, you have to go to Yida to get the license. Look anywhere in the world, nobody does it that way. And so today, they come to us with global ports. But who is global ports? No, global ports is this company from Turkey. It started out in 1990. It was a brokerage firm in Tok, Turkey. Today, they make you think that it is a British company. They only registered in England in 2017, two years ago. And when they registered in England in 2017, they had what you call a public offering. Now, what is a public offering? A public offering is when a, com a company decides that it is going to sell shares. They believe they have an exciting product and they decide they're going to sell shares, open it up to the public. So that's what they did on the London Stock Exchange two years ago. And there was a huge amount of excitement because they were telling everybody they're going into the Caribbean, they're going into Asia, and this is going to be a great opportunity for them as investors in this company to make some money. Now, when you want to raise money, you can raise money in two basic ways. Either debt or equity. Everybody understands what is debt. Debt is when you go to the bank, you borrow money, and you have to pay it back. That's debt. Equity is when you invite people to come and buy shares. So it's not debt they decide they're going to come in and put money in the company. So when they had the launch on the 17th of May in 2017 on the London Stock Exchange, 10 million shares traded that day alone. It was great excitement. 10 million shares. But things have not gone so well since then. When they had the shares trading they were able to get a price for each year at ten dollars a piece since 2017 may the price has dropped from ten dollars to nine dollars to eight dollars to seven to six to five and now it's four dollars and 32 cents so we are going into an arrangement 
with a company that two years ago their shares were worth ten dollars and today the shares are worth four dollars and thirty two cents that alone should be a red flag for us where are we going with these people now it's amazing how we can be so gullible the government has brought in a public relations firm from Trinidad and that's all the pretty pictures you're seeing how they're going to do all these great things they're telling you that they operate in 15 different countries Antigua Mex 16 and many people believe that the same arrangement they have with Antigua is the arrangement they have with these other countries I want to tell you Antigua is the only country where they have an exclusive majority 100% nowhere else and when they tell you about all these ports they're managing some of these ports hardly have anybody going there you have a port they call bar b-a-r you know how many people go there every year 10,000 people total more people go Barbuda, more people go Falmouth Harbor, and more people go down a Washington Basin. You have another place they call Bodrum. You know how much people go there every year? 30,000 people. Another one named Ravenna. 49,000 people go there every year. So, they're coming with a lot of big talk. But when you ask them for their track record it's a lot of little ports that they've been managing up in the mediterranean and then they tell you oh we have singapore but when you look at what the arrangement is with singapore they have 24 percent of the shares in the company in singapore they don't run anything there they have an interest there they have equity 24 percent equity but the other 76% is owned by other people. Then they tell you they have Venice. And in Venice, again, is a 25% share they have in Venice. They tell you they have Lisbon in Portugal. In Lisbon, they have a 46% share. And when you go to all the other ports, they have 60%, 72%, 63%. 49% those are the numbers they have nobody else has given them a 100% exclusive can you imagine that because when you give a company a concession like what they've given to global ports it is not as though you're coming to a country that is some backward or backwater where you have to start from scratch they have come to a country where we have an industry that we have been managing since the 1960s. So when you come into an industry like Antigua and Barbuda, you have ready cash flow. You have ships that are coming here. You have people who already understand the industry. And this Labour Party government allowed these people to get all of that 
and said we don't have anything we are the bottom of the pile we are the bottom of the list take it all for free and that is why they end up with a hundred percent and Tegan Barbuda should have been able to easily command a significant portion even if they wanted to have a corporation not to give away 100% as though we are totally without any skill, without any ability, and without the know-how over all these years. How can we do that? And as the previous speakers have said, this is really a sellout of our patrimony. It demonstrates a complete lack of confidence in our people. And 37 years after independence, we are saying to the world that we are incapable of managing any aspect of our cruise tourism industry. We are saying to the world that we do not even deserve a share in the company that will manage our cruise tourism industry. Not even 1%. They say we are worth. They give 100% to global ports and global ports themselves they do not have the ability as they say to self-raise money you heard me talk about equity when you self-raise money it's equity people come in they have confidence in you so they put money in your company and that's what they hope to get when they went on the london stock exchange but the prices have been falling plummeting on a downslide because people do not have confidence in them and because people do not have confidence in them we now hear that they're shopping around from bank to bank in antigua trying to raise money so can you imagine your hard-earned savings that you put in all these banks they are now shopping around to see if they can borrow the money that we put in these banks in an enterprise that we can't have any confidence in this is a very serious state of affairs you know they are not even in the driving seat good yet and then don't knock the car imagine they barely are in there and already you have cruise ships pulling out so they come and tell you you're gonna get more traffic and in less than no time less traffic already start to come so where are we going with these people but you see if you watch one of the pretty pictures where they are going to park as they say the oasis class ship that ship is long and you notice from um, stern to what other part name to bow it extends right down and when you ask who owns all the properties down there the same oasis class ship is going to park up right in front of those properties down by point wharf so you see who stands to benefit so the whole country can get last we can give it away we can risk it by putting persons who have come to see what they can get in charge 100 percent 
because certain people will benefit directly when those ships come as they say but they so lie imagine in the advertisement they're telling people that they are coming global ports will dredge the turning basin and dredge the channel and the agreement is clear it is the government that has to bear the cost taxpayers money will have to pay to dredge it to widen the channel if we have to pay for it so you give all the sweet to the company that's coming in and you give the people of this country the gall they get the benefit and we get the burden they get the benefit and we get the burden how can we go along with that and i just want to say brothers and sisters this is a very serious fight and we cannot become scared we have to go to the end we must be prepared to say no way let me hear you say no way no way we have to understand the taxi drivers have to understand don't make them fool you imagine they come and tell you don't worry we're going to put you on the transition committee they put you on a transition committee to transition you out so you are on the planning committee for your own funeral and don't be fooled because you're on planning committee you're on the planning committee to bury you and the merchants down in heritage key logic picks them from nonsense they have told the nation that they are going to service their loans with head tax and revenues from Heritage Key. So where you think the money going to come from to service the loans is the same revenue from Heritage Key. And when they were asked at a meeting yesterday, how much money come from Heritage Key tenants now and how much they intend to get, they said they can't answer that question. It's obvious they're going to have to raise the rent. Because they're already having problems to raise the head tax. So if they can't raise the head tax, they have to raise the rent. And if they can't make the loans, the agreement is structured in such a way that is trouble down the road for Antiguan Barbuda. You have a clause 27 that they have lenders step in rights. That means if you owe them and you can't pay them, the lenders can appoint somebody else to come and do it. So we could end up seeing people from wherever coming and running our port. In clause 15, you have what is known as a right of assignment. And with that right of assignment, they can assign the contract they have with the government to another entity and call it reorganization. So next thing you know again, other people come in and we have no control over that because it is signed in black and white. And all of this has national security implications because when you're going to give 
your entire port to somebody else and they can say who to come and who to go who to stay and who must move on who can bring in any boat that they want from wherever that is a national security issue for our nation nobody gives up total control of their port in that way and so you have a situation where these people will be totally free to bring in to do what they like because they have complete control of our cruise port that is wrong and we must call wrong by its correct name and I say brothers and sisters we must be prepared to resist resist and resist because this is not in the best interest of Antigua and Barbuda I want to say my brothers and sisters that most recently and we heard mention of it earlier some of the owners or the, the tenants down at Heritage King they have come together and they are putting together a plan to buy out the shops that they currently rent and that is going to be very interesting because if they can band together and go to the bank form a consortium and buy out the shops that they currently rent it shows that Antigua people can do it and it shows that the government if they were thinking in terms of empowerment of our people they would have pursued a similar line they would have sought to see how they can bring Antiguans and Barbudans together to seek the necessary financing it doesn't have to be government it can be Antiguans and Barbudans and all who live here and in doing so we would be placing ourselves in a position where we retain control of this most vital and important asset and so we are going forward we are not looking back we are looking forward because we know that as we have come together as the faithful nationals we have decided that this issue is bigger than all of us that this issue requires the united attention and action of all of us and when we say faithful nationals i want everybody to understand that once you love antigua you're a faithful national once you live here you pay your taxes and you want to see good for your children and this country you're a faithful national once you understand that this country is in peril and must be rescued you're a faithful national faithful nationals is all inclusive it is not exclusive and the door is wide open because we believe that this fight is a fight for all of us not those of us who are living here today because in 40 years most of us would have gone home to our Jesus so it's for the generation to come we have to leave for them a legacy a legacy of pride a legacy where we understand that as a people we do not need 
to surrender and to sacrifice at the altar of expediency and a few dollars we can do it and we must preach the gospel of self-reliance self-determination pride in ourselves pride in our country moving forward as one united and strong people we can do it and this whole issue of the global ports has really brought many persons together and i want to thank all those who have been part of this great fight those of you who have been on the picket line those of you who have been on the radio those of you who have been calling in those of you who have been there explaining what this thing is all about that this is bigger 